Amen. I want to talk to you for a few minutes. I, 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 want, to, I want to share this word with you because it's going to kind of tie into next week, which is Resurrection Sunday. And so um, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to go ahead and get right into this uh, message today. <clears throat> if you have your Bibles, we're going to start in Matthew 21. I have um, a few scriptures in Matthew 21, starting at verse 1, and then put your finger there or whatever you do on your electronic device and go to Revelations chapter 19. We'll start at verse 11. Revelations 19 and 11 in Matthew 21, starting at verse 1. <clears throat> and we're we're familiar with today being Palm Sunday, and, and let me just give you a little overview. I'll read it, but I want to, because I'm going to read the passage and move right on to the next. But <clears throat> today is, is um, the day that Christ came in on the donkey. Um, they put down the palm branches, put clothing on the back of the donkey and in, in the pathway, and he came into <clears throat> Jerusalem. And this was... <clears throat> beginning this, this final week of his earthly ministry um, in human form anyway. And so um, I want to make a comparison on the two entries of Christ. The two entries. One we find in Matthew 21. You'll also find that in, in um, Luke 19, uh, John 12, and Mark 11. It's in all four of the Gospels. You'll find it in each place. The next entry I want to talk to you about when Christ returns is in Revelations 19, and you find it there. But I want to read both of those, and I want to, I want to compare some things uh, with these two. And I want you to understand, in my Bible, the heading said the triumphal entry. If it was maybe your Bible, the heading above Matthew chapter 21 says the triumphal entry. It probably says that in the other parts of the Gospels, but mine says the triumphal entry. And that word triumph, I, I, you know, we know words, but you, when you look them up, you think, oh, man, I get it, really. And, and we kind of know what triumph means, but here's, a, here's a, a definition straight from Webster's. It says, a victory or conquest by or as if by military force. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. When I looked that up, I thought, well, I don't know if that's the right definition because then I went and read Matthew 21. And Matthew 21 does not describe a king with this kind of definition as a triumphal entry. Neither does it, uh, neither does it support the very subtitle in my Bible, the triumphant entry. That, that, that didn't make sense. So I began to do some studies. So I want to compare some things with you today. And Matthew 21 1 says, Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say this, The Lord is in need of them, and immediately he will send them. And all this was done that, he might be, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying. Now, this, this, I'm going to stop right there. This word you can find in Zechariah, this prophetic word in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. So you just make a little margin out there in your notes or whatever. But you find that word there. Okay? Just, just, just a side note. <clears throat> 
Tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, lowly, now check this out, lowly and sitting on a donkey, the, the colt, a foal of a donkey. Does that support a military entry, a conquest? Doesn't look like it, does it? Next verse. So the disciples went and did as Jesus had said, has commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt and laid their clothes on them, on him, on the donkey, and set them on him, okay? So they put the clothes, the jackets, cloaks on the donkey, set him on. And it says, and a, ve- a, great, a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. That's where we get the palm branches from, okay? This one's called Palm Sunday. Did y'all know that? Amen. Glory to learn something today if you didn't. Then the multitudes, now remember there's a great multitude. There was a lot of people, okay? This is important that you, when, when I read you this, I'm going to read you something else in a minute. But it's important, there's a very great multitude, a lot of people. Here it says, then the multitudes who went before those who followed <clears throat> and cried out saying, Hosanna. We just sang about Hosanna. You know, I don't ever tell them what to sing. <laughs> Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna means to, to be delivered, to uh, deliver. That's what Hosanna means. It says, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Is there a next verse? And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city, watch this, all the city was moved. It's important. All the city was moved saying, who is this? So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth. Of Galilee. Now, if you will, flip with me to Revelation chapter 19. Remember, triumph, triumph means a victory or conquest by or as if by military force. I just told you all ago that that didn't really look like that definition of triumph. We wouldn't look at that and say, man, he had a triumphal entry into Jerusalem. You can go on and read the rest of the passage of Scripture. He did clean out a temple. But when you read the word triumph, you think, man, he's coming and he's going to clean house and take some names. It's not going to be comp lowly and meek or not the words you would want to use with the word, the definition of triumph. Revelations chapter 19. Here we find the second entry back into Jerusalem. I'm going to get happy. The second time, the last time, I won't say the second time. There might have been a million times. Well, it wasn't either because it's just another week or two. That's a few more times. But we're going to say the second time for sake of y'all with me on that. That won't be, that won't be too bad off, will it? So the second time he comes, <clears throat> the heading in my Bible says, Christ on a white horse. Now, automatically right there, I start making connection between the triumphal entry and military, because if you watch, uh, like I do, I love westerns. I like, oh, I like history shows and things. And the people that had the authority to make things happen in the older days when we had the horses and stuff as transportation, those people had the white horses. When you saw a white horse, you knew, uh-oh, the man 
that can make things happen is here. I'm talking about it's like John Wayne rolled up. Some of y'all don't know who John Wayne is. It's shame on you. Come to the altar right now. <laughs> it's like, man, you would see that, and they were decorated with all of their stripes and pins and stars and all this stuff, and their horse even had different tack on it. That's a big word for it. It had a different saddle and a bridle. Okay? <laughs> it's a small word. but it, so, so they had all of these different things, and you could pick them out. So when I read just the subject, I said, oh, this is going to be good right here. This is going to be good. So let's read Revelation chapter 19, starting at verse 11 through 16. It says, now I saw heaven opened up, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire. And on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Man, I like this. you got to get what I'm telling you. In Psalms 107.20, he said he sent his word and did what? Healed you. Let me say it over here. In Psalms 107.20, said he sent his word and he healed you. Man. That's good stuff. Tells us what his name is. You were wondering in some other teachings, well, is that really God? Here it is. It spells it out. You keep reading it up, you'll think, man, that's so easy. And the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. He had an army. Now it's looking like a triumphal entry, isn't it? He had an army. We see a, we see a general on a white horse, and we see him followed up by armies. Come on, this is good. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it, it should, he should strike the nations and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. And he himself treads the winepress of, of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. And, and he has on his robe and on his thigh the name written... King of kings and the Lord of lords. Can you give him praise in this house right there? I want to compare a few things, and then I'm going to let you go. It's be the shortest, probably the shortest message I'll ever preach to you. But if you'll pay attention and if you've been engaging, it's going to make an impact in your life. You're going to see Jesus in a different way. In Matthew, the whole city was moved. Listen, you remember? The whole city was moved. In Revelation, heaven was opened up. You see the comparison? See, when he comes back again, there's going to be a change that you're going to notice that not only a, a specific place, but the world will notice. There's a comparison to when Jesus went into Jerusalem that week before his crucifixion, and there's going to be a distinct difference when he comes back and he sets his foot on, on the Temple Mount, and he's in Jerusalem, and he stretches that other big old foot out over the rest of the universe, and he says, I'm here, and nothing from this point, will ever take over from here except me. Man, this is good news. You won't have to fight the devil anymore. Do you know what's going to happen at that very time? Little in, in, in Revelation chapter 20 and 21, we read where God, Christ, he takes Satan and throws him into the lake of fire forever. 
This is after the great white throne judgment. Everything's boom, it's done. And we're going to look at him. You read this in Isaiah chapter, um, chapter 14, about verse 9, somewhere in there. We're going to look at Satan. Finally, we're going to look at him. This one's been causing us problems. We're going to look at him, and you know what we're going to say? Is this the man that caused the world to be destroyed and burned cities and uh, captured people? Is this him? In the presence of God Almighty, the devil is absolutely nothing. Do you hear me? If you're a blood-bought, born-again child of God, the devil has power on this earth, but he is not over you. He does not have control over you. You have authority over him, and those things that come to your mind that he won't tempt you with, when I said earlier you could be delivered, but it takes something on your part, you can resist. The Bible gives us a definition on what to do, how to do that, a description. It says that if you, if you draw near to God, you submit to him. In other words, resist the devil. Well, that's just too simple. We're sitting here trying to have a battle with Satan. When you're trying to battle Satan from the flesh, you're going to lose. Every time, you will lose. Here's the problem. We want to, we don't have so much of a problem resisting And we want him to flee, but what we have a problem with is drawing near to God. Because when you draw near to God, you got to give up something that's keeping you, that's in between you and God. Usually that's the lustly things of the world, not necessarily lust that you're thinking of, but lustly things, fleshly things of the world. We don't want to give those up. Let me move on. In Matthew, people ask, who is this man? But in Revelation... His name is called the Word of God. Nobody asked. You just knew. If we'll get in a relationship as Psalms 91 into the secret place of God and we'll begin to dwell there, we don't have to wonder if God will or if He can. We'll already know. We'll know when we face a situation that God's already there before we got there. Do you understand that? In your worst day, you know God's already there waiting for you to show up. Yes, he is. And my worst day ever, God wrote it down before my mother was even born. He said, I knew the days I had for you, and I wrote them as before they were not yet. Woo! He knew what was going to happen to you. It didn't catch you off, uh, him off surprise, by surprise. He's not messed up and saying, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't think they're going to believe in me. I missed that one. Glory to God. It's all right. Hallelujah. Some of you is about to sleep and thought the rapture was taking place. Boom. <laughs> Let me move on. In Matthew, he fulfilled a 500-year-old prophecy from Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, that said exactly what would happen? That he would come in and he would ride in on, a, on the colt of a donkey. He would ride into Jerusalem. That was a prophetic word. Why, what's the big deal? You ever go through the Bible and read and say, well, wow, well, that, ain't, that don't look like a very good prophecy to me. Well, what's significant is that? You ever done that? Sure you have. Unless you're lying. And, oh, no, I take every one of them so serious. No, you don't. You look at that and you say, well, what's the big deal about that one? Here's what the big deal is about that one. 
It's the little bitty details. When you learn those, you understand God is got this exact plan. And it unfolds. That prophecy is 500 years old. And, I mean, it's one thing to say, hey, he's going to go to Jerusalem. It's another thing altogether to be specific and say, oh, and by the way, he's going to go to Jerusalem. It's going to be on this day. And he's going to go in on a colt of a donkey that ain't never been ridden. That's specific. So when you hear these and you see that that happened, we now see that. We think, wow, this God really is real. See, a lot of the prophecies that we look at that has already been fulfilled, you know, that's for me and you to understand that God really is who he says he is and he'll do what he says he can do. It's for you to have faith in God. We'll praise God. In Revelation, he will fulfill all prophecy. Do you get, when, 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 when he comes back, there'll be no more prophecy to be fulfilled. It's going to be done. When he casts Satan into the lake of fire forever and ever, that's the last thing that he'll ever have to do here earthly-wise. It's done. Praise God. He's going to fulfill that. You're on the winning side. You're on Christ's side. You, you are, you've got it, man. You're, you're go, your team's going to win. Well, some of you act like you don't want to be on a winning team. Well, amen, Glory to God, you've never went through anything in your life. You go through something in your life, you're going to say, Dear God, I want to be on the winning team. Amen? Let me hurry. Told you it's going to be short, but it, boy, it's turning out to be something different. <laughs> in Matthew, he came meek and lowly. That's what the Bible says. He came meek and lowly. But in Revelation, he will come as a mighty warrior. We don't often think of God as a mighty warrior. We think of him as just pouring out so much mercy and grace that we just can't stand it. And boy, we just walk in and kind of some, some, some religions believe that you can do anything you want to because there's mercy and grace. That's not what that means. Paul talks about that. Paul said, should we, abound? Should we, should we sin so that, we'd have, that grace would abound much more? And he says, certainly not. Like, come on, get real close so he can hit you really hard. This is, man, we don't look at God as a warrior. But do you understand that that is one of his, that's part of his nature? He just don't, it just doesn't develop on that day when he returns. It's part of who he is now. And I'm telling you, when you're going through something, he is fighting for you. He is a warrior for you. He'll stand, he'll be your rear guard. He'll be your front guard. He'll be on your side. He'll be your strong tower, your refuge. He'll be everything you need. He is a warrior too. He is gentle as a lamb, but he's as fierce as a mighty general. Amen. My, my, my. Thank you, Lord. In Matthew, whoo, man, I wish I had time to compare all the gospels to this one because there's a little, you need to go read those that I gave you. Those, let, me, let me give them to you again because there's so much detail in those that you can compare that I don't have time for. Uh, come to in, in uh, Luke chapter 19, and John chapter 12, and Mark chapter 11, all gives a description of the triumphal entry. You go back and you're going to find little details that you can compare to Revelation chapter 19. It's going to be um, Luke 19, John 12, Mark 11. 
And, of course, I'm in Matthew 21. So in all four of the Gospels, in Matthew, he came, watch this, with those who thought they wanted to follow him. Stay with me. He came into Jerusalem with those who thought. I put that in caps so I would emphasize this, Andrew. He was with the ones who thought they wanted to follow him. Because, see, we already know the story. A few weeks later, it's some of that same group that was saying, crucify him. Give me Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. But crucify this man who says he's the king of the Jews. Crucify him. See, in the beginning, it was all pomp and circumstance. It was sensual, if you will. And boy, they were all having a good time. There was a great multitude, is what Scripture tells us. A great multitude just doing the thing. Going through the motions of saying, I'm worshiping Jesus. But going to leave him as soon as things get tight and the stuff gets thick, you're gone. Come on, I'm going to speak to somebody today. And if I speak it into you and it ain't for you, go tell somebody. But in Revelation, whoo, this is good. He will come back for, with those who did follow him. Because see, if you're a child, a blood-bought child of the king, you're going to be in heaven. You're going to be in part of that army that's going to be following him. That means you made it. Yeah. woo I can't wait to get there. I don't care if they give me the donkey at the back of the pack. I want to ride in the army. Come on. I don't care if I'm carrying up the food supply just as long as I'm in the army. Woo, this is good stuff. I looked at this and thought, praise God. If, you, if you're there and you're in the army, that's enough to rejoice about. I made it. You may, may be, as they say, you may be smell like smoke. You may be a little singed. You may be limping somewhat, but praise God, you made it. Man. The difference. Some people in Jerusalem, they wanted to follow him to a certain degree, but they wasn't going all the way with him. But there was some of that multitude that said, Lord, I'm going to stick with you. I'm going to go with you all the way to the end. I'm going to be in the crowd when they're whipping you. I'm not going to like it, but I'm going to be there. I'm going to see them. I'm going to be in that crowd that follows you up to Golgotha. I'm going to be in that crowd that sees you hang on the cross. I'm going to be in that crowd that says when they take you down, I'm going to see you and I'm going to follow you to where they put you in that tomb. I'm going to be in that crowd. I'm going to be there when Martha and Mary and John, when they run to the tomb, I'm going to be part of that group. Says I saw him. I saw him out of the tomb. I saw him walking around. He was witness of 500 people. My Lord, I'm fit to preach my next week's message. They wanted to be with him. They made it. He's going to come back with those who did want to follow him. Hallelujah. In Matthew, this is good. How many of you know God never changes? He's the same. The Bible tells he's the same yesterday, 
I like to use the word forever. Yesterday, today, and forever. You know why? Because that's forever. He's the same. He's not going to change. I like it. And it's backed up in God's word. Watch this. In Matthew, he was called Hosanna, the deliverer. In Revelation, he will be seen as Hosanna the deliverer. He's going to be the one who comes and delivers. You're not going to have to wonder if he can or will he or he might. You're going to see him deliver his people. Now more than ever, it's time for us to get on board. Now more than ever, it's time to say, I'm going, I am going to follow him. I'm going to be with him. I'm going to be in that army. If you don't get anything else, I'm saying, understand that if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me tell you this. You can come and you can get emotional. You can, you can shout and dance just like me. But if you don't have a relationship with Christ, you're not going to be in His army. You can play church and you can lift your hands and you can come every now and then and you can jump around on one foot and stand on, on your head or whatever it is you want to do. And you can express your praise, boy. Man, you can get up. But if you don't have a relationship with Christ, you're not going to be in the army. You're not going to see him come and deliver. Well, you, I guess you will too. Never mind on that. You will see it. You're going to experience the wrath when he comes as the deliverer. I don't want, to, I don't want you to do that. I don't want your family to do that. When Christ returns in Revelations, he will be called faithful and true. He is coming to judge. Hear me out. Hear your preacher. He is not coming to give you a pass. He is not coming to say, here, you don't have to pass the judgment. You get to go on and through. He's coming to judge. He is a judge. We don't see him as a judge. We see him as a loving father because he is that. But he is also a judge. He will judge it. You will be judged for everything you've ever said. Everything you've ever done. You're going to be judged for that. You're going to have to stand and give an account. Woo! But praise God. Now hear me. You get to the great right throne judgment. Glory to God. If you're blood bought, come on. Your name's going to be in the book. It says that if if you're not, that your name won't be in the book. He says it's going to take it away from the book. Woo! Oh, that's good. But you got to have a relationship with him. Man. I think I can make a couple of laps right now if y'all would let me. Glory to God. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you this, and you can be mad at me. I don't care because I love you. I can love you. I can love you mad at me, and you can love me mad at you. It don't make no difference. We can love each other. You know how I know that? Me and my wife get mad at each other all the time. We still love each other. <laughs> Come on. I might not, might not want to be a friend for the next few minutes, but I still love her. You got to love our brothers and sisters in Christ.
But if you're, if you dabble in this Reformation crap that says you're elected, you don't have to have a relationship with Christ, that is false. The Bible says you got to have a relationship. Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord. You got to confess it and believe it in your heart. Now they got some great stuff, and I listen to some of them, but I'm a seasoned Christian. But don't fall for that. You just must fall for the Jehovah's Witness. Come on. Or be a, be a Mormon. Come on. It's good preaching. See, I'm not going to, when I get to heaven, I won't be judged. The Lord's not going to look at me and say, you know what? I saw you see the people's face and you did right. You let them off the hook. You didn't go there. He's going to say, you didn't preach the truth. You didn't tell them the truth. What you do with the truth is your business. Glory to God. I felt that in my spirit. It's there. When Christ returns, he will rule with a rod of iron and he will tread the winepress with, fear, with the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. You know, they, they, they tell me, I've not done a whole lot of research, but, but, but some enough to know this, that when they would press the wine, a lot of times before they come up with the press, they would step on the, they would put people in and they would actually squeeze the grapes out. And it would, the juice would run down in the pulp and all that. And the skins would stay above, okay? And so they would squeeze them out. But you just couldn't get in there and stomp around like some mad three-year-old. Didn't work. You, 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 it didn't work because that, then you ground up so much of the peel and you had too much pulp and all the stuff that you didn't want. You had to be gentle. You eased around in the wine press and began to press it out. And you were like a, like a good dancer. See, I've got two left feet. You don't want to dance with me. Tyler, now Tyler's a mover. He, he can move. This man here, he can move and shake, brother. I'm telling you, you got it, don't you? Or you still got it? Man, he, 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 that, that brother can move. I'm talking about he, he can move like a, like, like a rope. I'm talking about he can move. My son-in-law pretty good too. Now he he got he got some moves on to be a big cat. That's who you wanted in the wine press. You want them smooth folks. You ever seen those people dance and they just like they, they it's just natural. It's like me. They know the Lord gee, what he got two before for legs. I mean it's just stiff. But what you know what it says about Christ? When he comes back, he's coming with the fierceness. He's going to tread out everything. He's not coming as a gentle lamb. That's over with. Come on. He's coming in with the fierceness of Almighty God. We don't even know what that looks like. We don't know the fierceness of Almighty God. But He's coming that way. i got to hurry. I was going to let you out before 12. I lied. <laughs> Lastly, in Revelations... Christ will return and pronounce that he is 
King of all kings and Lord of all lords. Not, not somewhere in the mix. He's the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. That's what's going to, he's going to declare. I'm here. He's coming with it already written on his thigh. Woo! Man, that makes me excited. Because that's the, that's the king I serve. I serve the one at the top. That's the Lord that I serve, that I'm submissive to, the one at the top. Man, that ought to get you excited. You're not serving some lower God, some lower king, some lower Lord. You're serving the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. My God, that ought to get you excited. My daddy would never go to the bank if he couldn't talk to the president. Well, he told me. I ain't going to the bank to talk to somebody down there. I want to go talk to the president. I said, why, daddy? He said, because if I go to him, I'm going to want something. I don't want to take seven or eight weeks for him to tell me that I can get along. I'm going to talk to the guy and tell me, yes, you can. Oh, that's pretty good business. Boy, that flew right over y'all's head. Now somebody thinks about, well, I, maybe that's why I didn't get my loan. I need to talk to the guy at the bank. Stop. <laughs> Glory to God. So here's the deal, and I close. All of that said comes down to this one question, Doc. One question. One question, Scotty. Andrew, Pastor Andrew. One question this comes down to. Are you ready if he were to come right now? Are you ready? Because if you don't have relationship, if you, if, if you kind of, well, I don't know if I do or not. Well, then you probably ain't saved. You're going to know. I was a heathen, and when I got saved, I knew I got saved. I knew that if something happened, I was going to heaven. I knew that. I was like, okay, that's settled. Glory to God. Let's get busy doing whatever it is you want me to do. Then lo and behold, something went south. Took a left turn, Billy. Went crazy for a while. Are you ready? Are you going to be the one who thought they wanted to follow him? Are you going to be the one who did follow him? Time is short. Very, very short. If some of you, and I'm going to close with this. And if some of you are wondering or thinking, well, I've got time. I've got months. I've got years. I've got uh, uh, 10 more years or 20 or whatever. I'm a young man. I'm, I'm still considered young. Uh, hallelujah. As one preacher said, I'm still, still seeing those, uh, what do you do, visions or dreams, whatever it was. Here's the deal. Listen to me. If you're not keeping up with some of the current events, you're actually doing yourself a disservice and your family a disservice. I heard just yesterday, look, I'm not trying to scare you into that. If this other part didn't get you to where you need to be with Jesus, then you, you're just not ready today. The Spirit ain't drawing you. The Bible says you can't get saved unless the Spirit draws you. I'm just being serious. 
if that didn't get you, but watch this. Did you know that I heard yesterday, just yesterday, I've been doing a little research on it, but just yesterday that, that the, the, uh, the UN and, and, and all that conglomerate of, of little different subsidiary departments, do you know that it is very possible that we will have a cashless society by December of this year? Some of you ain't listening to some good news. You listen to CNN, NBC, send to the Mac talk with Tommy. Did you know that the the electronic funding is happening fast? Do you know that ten years ago, if you'd invested in uh, uh, a Bitcoin or virtual money? you'd invested uh, $1,000, today you'd be worth $258 million because it's moving so fast. It's coming. What do you say, well, what does that have to do with anything about the end times? How are they going to track you, folks? How are they going to keep you from buying and selling? Virtual money. You ever went to a... You ever went to a... Um, a store with your credit card in hand. Jessica, not the one that, that, that was expired. She called me the other day and she said, oh God, the church card's expired. I said, well, I mean, you know, she said, oh God, it wouldn't work. I said, she said, oh, I'm looking at the date. I said, there you go. Your, your new card's on my desk. <laughs> you ever went there and swiped that card and it wouldn't work? You knew you had money. In, you knew you had some money somewhere. You knew it. And come to find out, you did have. But somewhere, somebody hit the wrong button on your card or put in the wrong key. And somebody and it stopped your card. Some of you never, ever go shopping. I can tell right now. You've never <laughs> used your debit card. You use cash. Get ready. <clears throat> I like cash. That's going to be part of this end time things. I'm telling you, you need to pay attention to what's happening around you. Get your head out of the sand. Pay attention. It, the time is short. I'm talking about short. I'm not talking about short in my life. I'm talking about short. My mama used to say, the Lord's coming in my lifetime. I said, Lord, that's going to be a long time. Now it's like, that ain't going to be very long. Are you ready? Cleaner, you're ready up there. Praise God. It's time we get ready. If people thought, you thought, that Jesus was going to return, I had, I had this thought. There's a lot of thoughts in one thought. If people thought, you thought, Jesus was going to return soon or any moment, do you know that we couldn't put up buildings fast enough or have enough services in a, in a week to minister to the people that were trying to get saved. Do you know people would come early to church and participate? Do you know it would be a madhouse trying to get in the church? Say, well, preacher, I don't know if I believe it. Has anybody ever went to a football game and tried to get in early? Like six hours early, they're all out there partying, doing their thing out there on the whatever it is they do. 
And then when the, oh, it's time to go in the stadium, it looks like a bunch of cats running in there. When they come out, same way. Traffic jams for hours. For what? Football. Football game. Why? Why would they go? Because somebody made them excited about their team and winning and playing. You understand that? There's billions of dollars spent on trying to entice you to come watch a football game. Just watch in ESPN. College game days. And the church house will be empty because we're that group of people at Jerusalem. We're waving some palm branches and we're throwing some jackets on, but we ain't going with him. Stand with me. Father, in the name of Jesus.